Hello, before we get started with the latest Fulham fix, we just wanted to acknowledge that this was recorded some months ago and therefore before Mohamed Al-Fayed's passing last week. He was obviously an absolutely huge figure and personality in the history of Fulham Football Club, a man who the club has much of its success this century to thank for. And it's quite fitting that he's discussed here with love and gratitude by our guest Keith Allen. It's a good one. Enjoy. Welcome to Fulham Fix. Ivan, as you know, um, on, on the fix, we do speak to Fulham legends on the pitch, but we also speak to Fulham legends off the pitch. Mm. And before I throw to who it is this week, Ivan, if you, let me ask you this, if you could, you had to sit in one place at Craven Cottage for the rest of your life, where would it be in the ground? And you can't choose your current position as stadium announcer on the touchline. Okay, all right. Well, it would probably be... It, well, I mean, if you could sit anywhere in the stadium, wow. Is it? Is this a trick question? No, no. Are, you, are you looking for an answer? I'm just saying this, the guy we're about to speak to is uh, one of the biggest Fulham fans and he probably would have watched Fulham from all across Craven Cottage at yeah. times in his life. So I'm just wondering. I, w- I would say, I mean, I've got a real soft spot for the Johnny Haynes because that's where my season ticket used to be. Yeah. So I'd probably say the Johnny Haynes and if not that, I mean, the new gantry in the Riverside State, in the Dimmy Stand, sorry, <laughs> is uh, the views are insane. It's like playing the ultimate FIFA from up there. But I would say my heart is is in the Johnny Haynes. Good answer because um, not to tease it too much longer, but Keith Allen's joining us who is uh, who's written two of the most famous football songs ever yeah. written mm. for sure and is a huge Fulham fan and one of the senses I got when I w- we were speaking to Keith was he spent his whole life coming watching Fulham yeah. and there is when you as a fan experience I'm sure people listening will um, relate to this I always felt like there was a sort of hierarchy of movement at the cottage but when you were in when you were young you might watch it in the Riverside mm. what is now called the Berbatov stand the Berbatov stand and then as you're getting older you kind of, I felt like, oh, I want to be in the wooden seats because that's history of the drummer. Yeah. And eventually as you get old, you're like, oh, back of the Hammersmith is the place to be. Mm. And then it reverts again. And then by the time you get to now, because now I'm thinking, oh, I'm, now I'm a bit older. I just quite fancy just being in that riverside yeah. in my seats type thing. Yeah. And I would have I would have hated to have been that person in my 20s. Um, no, agreed. I get that, man. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, like uh, I think it'd be interesting to hear from people that have been to Fulham for a long time. What's like been your move, like your movement of travel yeah, across the cottage like at what periods of your life have different ends suited you? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, definitely. I, I think that's a, that's a really, really nice way of <laughs> looking true, at it. No, it? I think it's totally true. Well, I think I, I started uh, in the Johnny Haynes, but w- when I first started, it was when it was the standing area and I could go either end, yeah, you know, you could whichever way Fulham was scoring. It's exactly the same here. Um, and then, you know, Johnny Haynes was always nice. And then, once I got my job, Dad left the Johnny Haynes yeah. and moved to the um, Hammy End, yeah, because of the atmosphere. Yeah, that's quite, you know quite a lot. Uh, you know, the banter is in the Hammy End. Yeah. and actually, recently for our Carabao Cup second round game, I got Dad a, a ticket in the Riverside behind the dugout, just so we could know what it was like to sit on the centre, basically where I sat for a couple of seasons before um, the Riverside opened. It's I was right there. behind the dugout. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Just the most ridiculous view in the world. And I managed to get him a seat literally on the halfway line, about five, six rows back behind the dugout. Great. Um, and what I will say is my dad said, um, unbelievable views. I 
did miss uh, the, the hammy end banter. Yeah, yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I first started going to Fulham, it was obviously terracing at the Hammersmith. It was it was fully terraced. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember having a feeling as a young person that there was a movement of hierarchy. So the, all the young people would stand at the front and then it would feel like you wouldn't even dare look towards the back of the stand because that was where like all the adults were. And the hardcore. So sort of, as you got older, you'd move a little bit further and further back. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really like those little... I don't know if it quite exists the same way anymore, but it still, I guess it still does at the back of a Hammersmith is where... It's pretty hardcore back there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty rugged. They've seen some things back there. Anyway, we'll take you some further when people <laughs> get in touch about where they sat at Fulham. Keith Allen was journey. great, wasn't he? He was brilliant. It was so nice. I mean, I've... I've I've been a, a Keith Allen fan for a number of years for a number of reasons, whether it's his acting or his music. Let's be honest, he's kind of an all-rounder. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's... We talked... What, what I really like, we did talk about his uh, lovely Fulham video where when we oh, got yeah. relegated after initially coming up uh, with, with the, uh, the Slav squad. Yeah. We dropped back down and he, he did really inspiring video. And I like the fact, you know, that was the last time I think I saw him visually before meeting him for, for the fix. And um, yeah, there's something about him. He's, he's kind of like, uh, he's, got, he's got a dad feel to him now, which is quite, you know, because he was a proper rock star back in the day. And there's a bit of a dad vibe, do you know, in a nice way. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's such a character and he's got so many stories. You just feel like you almost just have to shake him and you don't know what story is going to come out mm. of him because there's just like <laughs> yeah. so many across his life. And you didn't, we didn't even probably touch the surface. But the most Keith Allen-ish thing <laughs> was that um, Jeff had arranged for him to come and do it. Yeah, Jeff who works at, uh, at Fulham and arranges, you know, the, the interviews and things like that. His yeah. cat's called Zoltan. His, his cat's called Zolly. Yeah. And he came down on the wrong day. That's right. <laughs> and phoned Jeff saying, I'm there. When do you want to start? I'm at Paddington. Yeah. Where's my taxi, basically? Or where, yeah. And I don't know whether it's just with a history of Keith Allen. Jeff, um, was ge- he was genuinely shaking. Yeah. At the thought of having to phone Keith Allen up and say, you got the wrong Yeah, yeah, day, it's, it's tomorrow, mate. Yeah. yeah. So when he turned up, we were worried, eventually, the next week, we were worried we were going to get all the, the pent-up uh, yeah. frustration. let's get this done. Yeah. He's so lovely. No, he he, he really was lovely. And he bought, and he bought props. Yeah. I mean, not enough of our guests have bought props to the fix. And, uh, you know, if any future guests are listening, please bring props. But yeah. he bought so many incredible photos. Yeah, from back, from from across his time at Fulham. Yeah. And it's him and his 14 or 13 year old daughter, Lily Allen, yeah. you know, and they're, they're in the cottage and you've got Cohen there having, having these photos. It was another little glimpse into Fulham history. Um, you know, and, and it's a history that he's been so part of in many ways, you know. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, listen, look, thank you so much okay. for joining us today. When you, I mean, obviously you're joining us here and you've got the new Riverside stand in the background. We're at the cottage. Does it genuinely feel like a home from home? Um, well, fun enough, I was, I was just approaching it from Stevenage Roadside and I was looking at the old frontage. And as you're coming along, you can see that stand behind it. And I can remember looking at that stand frontage and thinking, bloody hell, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but the <laughs> yeah. scale disappears when you see that just behind it. Sure. Yeah. So it's a bit, I mean, I've, I've been here, Christ almighty, I mean, just over your shoulder there was it's the, the old Bovril hut. Oh, right, the Bovril, oh, which yeah. was the Putney end. Was, yeah, 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 was yeah essentially that was, a Bovril yeah, hut. Well, it was the Bishop's Park end, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, <laughs> uh, into the park, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was there. It was the Bovril hut. I remember that clearly. Are we talking, there's li- there was literally a Bovril hut where you'd get yeah, your Bovril? Yeah, this is like a mud bank. Yeah, right. oh, okay. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. With a hut that sold Bovril and oh, some vomit-inducing nonsense. <laughs> so when we're talking then, what, when would that have oh, been? Oh, God, we're going back into the late 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, even in the 70s it was there, I think. I mean, I remember being down at the Hammersmith end in the corner there, and uh, I, th- I think it was Huddersfield. Anyway, we, we, we were beating them fairly easily, and um, you suddenly there was only about 100 Huddersfield fans. Sure, up, yeah, up. yeah, heard it. And you heard them kind of hey, shouting, and you thought, what, what are they shouting? <laughs> We've just scored, what are you on about? 
And what they were doing, they were so disenchanted with their team, they were watching a schoolboy. <laughs> they t- <laughs> turn around in Bishop's Park and were watching it and were cheering like, these school kids. Amazing. <laughs> so great. Oh, that's great. But I'll, t- I'll tell you another one as well. I remember, I think they're dead now, Biffa Callahan. No, the Callahan brothers. Yeah. Right. He was telling me that um, they used to have a boat moored up. Yeah. Just over there. Yeah. When the balls, because they didn't have any money, when the balls were booted over and they went in the Thames, they had a boatman used to row down. <laughs> go and actually and, get and they it. were praying that Biff O'Callaghan wasn't playing. <laughs> because if he was, they knew it was going to end up in the Thames. What, he launched <laughs> Yeah, he just launched it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I always get, because what I always say to people about the cottage when I take them here for the first time is the beautiful thing about Crane Cottage is you can stitch it back all that time because it still looks, compar- compared to a lot of other grounds, yeah. You can still see Johnny Haynes yeah. and people there. I think it's that, isn't it? It's that side there mm. and that cottage. Wooden seats, isn't it? Yeah. But still there. Yeah, it's amazing. No, it is. It's and the fact the teams still come out of a cottage. That, that and the teams come out of a cottage, you know, exactly. You know, it's game. Alex Ferguson's favourite ground next to Old Trafford. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't Do you know, know how I know? He told me. Did he? The name's up there. there Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Did he? He said it was his favourite ground. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I remember that United team when we got into the Prem they were all a bit, they didn't like coming and playing here because it was very sort of small when they all be a bit uh, but cold. what they loved, I remember it clearly because I've got mates with United, they came down and they could stand. Yes. Yeah. You remember that? Because the they, had no, they had no standing in the Premier League. Exactly. They came down here and they were like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. And, it, and at that time it felt like they were like Hollywood stars that mm. were so far beyond what we could comprehend at yeah, Fulham yeah. for a while, wasn't it? So seeing these people, it was mm. like seeing no, it was amazing. Cage or something playing football for. But then I went up to Old Trafford. Did you go up? Went to Haas scored two. I wasn't there. That was the first game, was of, first game, game. of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. It was amazing. <sighs> it was genuinely. Was that the first time you'd been to Old Trafford? No, I'd been there a few times, not to watch Fulham, actually. Years ago, I was doing a series, I mean, a lad called uh, Gary Beadle. I watched one game on, they've got that kind of brickwork, you know, where the manager sits. Yeah, yeah. Brick with home and sat on top of that. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't remember. It was with a film crew. I remember that. But yeah, I've been to Old Trafford a few times. In fact, we went up there, that first game. I'd finished a, a film, a, a Russian film, called Bear's Kiss, and we'd shot it out in Jerez, in Spain. And the director, very kindly, he gave me a choice of two vehicles. I was playing this circus act, and uh, one of the vehicles I drove was a 1958 uh, East German riot control water cannon truck which they'd bought. Um, anyway, its history was that they didn't have any riots in East Germany. <laughs> did you know what I mean? So it's it like, just literally came out every three times a year. It was driven 200 yards up the road. Recession. And then it was beautiful. The mechanics were incredible. Anyway, he said, which one do you want? Do you want that or that Land Rover? And I said, I'll have the riot control <laughs> water cannon truck, please. Yeah. And they'd taken the gun off the top, obviously. So I had this thing, and I drove it from Jerez all the way up through Spain, came back... On the Santander ferry. Oh, you drove the streets, the streets of Spain. You were driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Drove it all the way back to um, my mate's place in Hampshire, and I never taxed or insured it. I'm not being clever or anything, but I, I don't think I had to tax it because it was so old. But I didn't insure it, and um, <laughs> nobody ever stopped me. I thought I'm bound to get stopped because it was all graffiti because it was a circus. Drive. Yeah, right. And it was huge. Anyway, it was the first game of the season and six of us went up to Old Trafford in this truck no. and parked it up at a pub outside Old Trafford. It's the United game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it was amazing because, you know, I had a lot of mates who were United fans and it was just like, all right, Keith, what the, what's that all about? Man? That's amazing. <laughs> that is, mate. Whoa. Yeah, man. And it would only do 45 miles an hour. Oh, but, it was... <laughs> but it came as a statement of intent. Oh, my God. Did it ever? In the premiership. <laughs> did it ever? <laughs> amazing. That's yeah. all. What, what's gone? I was going to say, just to give some context to the depth of your Fulham <laughs> backstory, like, obviously, I want to get into loads of away days like United, but you've written really beautifully about your first game here. Which was Sheffield United, yes, I believe. Yes. And you go over your dad and your granddad. My granddad stood just there. Which is what, just in the riverside there? 
Yeah, when it was just mud. When it was mud, just yeah. a bank, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was just yeah. a bank, you know. For the benefit of fact, fact, people that don't know, like, what do you remember about it? Nothing. And nothing. I got it wrong. Knowing I was going to do this, I thought, I better check it out. Bloody, bloody, bloody. And of course it wasn't. And in fact, it was 1958, because 1959 I went to Malta. Right. Um, and it had to be around Christmas time. I remember that because that's when we came up to see my grandparents. And all I remember about the game was it was red and white stripes. I clearly remember that. Yeah. So I went back through the records <laughs> and it was Sunderland. Oh, right. was it? And we beat them 6 1. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember it. And you thought we beat Sheffield United 2 <laughs> <Yes>. 0. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that idiot. How, how old were you at that point? Five. Well, I mean, five is. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, only yeah, just started five. making yeah, memories, yeah, yeah. you know. Anyway, at that point, that's interesting. But... The red and white thing, though, because that really fits into a sort of boys' own Royder Rovers type yeah. thing that you have, like red and white stripes. Yeah, I just clearly remember the red and white stripes. Yeah, yeah, and everything else is monochrome type yeah. thing. Yeah. But what you wrote about really beautifully, I thought, was um, that first instinct or feeling of um, communal yeah, joy. No, it's about belonging. And and a goal, but also seeing men that are often enclosed and quite yeah, stoic yeah. suddenly just have this burst of emotion. Yeah. I think so Especially with my dad and his dad, because they were very stoic people. Right. It was, mm. uh, yeah. But that accurately describes in a way that not many people do, I think, what connects people with football, you know, that sort of subconscious searching for that moment, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah, yeah. there's nothing better than a goal at Craven Cottage, is there? You just belong, don't you? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How, I mean, how did it end up being... Fulham, because you were you were born my in Wales, dad. weren't you? Yeah, but my dad was born in Mirable Road. <laughs> was he? Down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, he played for Fulham and Chelsea schoolboys. So right. He was, yeah, but it was always, always Fulham. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that was my dad, really. And uh, obviously, you're a father, and uh, you've... Uh, your kids have some of them have followed you into into Fulham, but some have taken other avenues. No, none of them. You're not. Well, don't break Lily our hearts did. here. No, Lily did. Did. Yes. Or oh, clear this up and for us because she married a fella who supported Chelsea. Oh, yeah. 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 And imagine the horror. We have some beautiful photos that you've bought with uh, yeah. with you here and on Lily's the table, and, and Lily's in a lot of them, and she looks so excited to be on the cottage pitch. Oh, we had holding four years. Yeah. Of. Uh, of that, Lily used to come all the time. Yeah. yeah. So this is Lily on the pitch. I think this is the year we got promoted from the championship. This is Lily pre-fame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Against Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Just buzzing to be on the, Absolutely. On the halfway line. So uh, how does it, how does it feel? Cause I, I've, I've just become a, a father. Yeah. And people say to me a lot, you know, oh, do you, are you going to hope they support Fulham? I'm like, I'm not going to hope they support Fulham. They're supporting Fulham. It's, yeah, it's a generation. My granddad, my dad, yeah, yeah, me, you know. And the I'm, horror I'm, when uh, she married a fellow who's Chelsea and then he bought the grandkids a Chelsea kit. And I'm like. <laughs> so, she, so she doesn't, she doesn't even no. half keep an eye on Fulham. No. We've got that, that's such oh, a beautiful shot down. of her crying yeah. at the, the European final in yeah. tears because that doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh, don't Chelsea? Oh, mate. So how? So no, then, I don't think she f- supports Chelsea. She just yeah. doesn't. No, she did. Maybe the European final football died for her that, that day. Was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in all fairness, she'd she'd, she'd, grow, she'd she'd only known success very much like me. I I started coming. We were Division Three, and over the course of the next sort of five, ten years. All I knew was success. Oh, I'm like, we just won. Like e- everything, you know, it was started. Mickey Adams was the first manager I saw. And then after that, it was just bam, bam, bam. We just kept winning. You know, obviously our fire took over and, and we just exploded. And, and um, you know, I suppose that, and Lily's kind of, that's kind of times well, not, in well, a similar she way. I remember it, but I've got a, funny enough, I took her up to see, no, I took Teddy, my uh, youngest daughter, up to see City play. And we sat with uh, Gordon Davis. Okay. And uh, we were talking about, and I took a photograph of that. I got a photograph of Lily sat on Gordon's shoulders Brilliant. over there in the corner. Amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she has been here for the horror. <laughs> As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Teddy, I mean, Teddy d- always asks about Fulham because I've taken her to three games now. Right. So she's got a kind of, yeah, yeah. We'll starting trying to work out a, a way of getting their claws in that's what you've got to do mm. for someone who's been at Fulham obviously you've been coming to Fulham 60 yeah it's like 60 ridiculous years. isn't it what do you think defines Fulham that's different from other clubs if anything at all when you say belonging and 
home or, or do you feel like that's just football and no, just I, I just think well, my dad used to tell me that the only enemies they ever had used to go to Millwall he said West Ham wasn't you know so bad and they've never had a problem with Chelsea I think people don't hate Fulham for some reason this is it do, do you know what I mean yeah yeah um, even when we were at QPR yeah I remember that clearly we'd walk through you know QPR stronghold and there was never any kind of yeah vitriol or venom about Fulham really yeah yeah what is um, that about because you hear that quite often it's a family club yeah just, do you know what it might just be that yeah it's a family club yeah yeah do you know what I mean I do know what you mean yeah it's uh, and also it's it's funny I think the fans are funny at Fulham. it's funny they're dry mm. it's a tragic comedy type thing isn't it <laughs> sort of yeah yeah I mean it's like, what did my mate, he sent me a text the other day after that debacle at United. Mm. And he said, have they sent you off as well? And another mate just said, it could only happen to Fulham. I mean, that was just... It, yeah. does, it does feel like... T- oh. Talking of that, you did that, uh, that wonderful video for the club, which fans absolutely loved when you came down when we just got after that fantastic promotion season we then went straight back down and you came down and have you seen I don't know how big you are on social media have you never seen it I'm not on social media at all have you not we might have to play it to you after but you you, oh (laughs) no but honestly it's really good it's really passionate you know and and, and it made us all feel you know in in a really low moment really you know good about us the highs and the lows and a couple of times you know you talk about it you know on, on the brink of you know folding as a club to then you know you vent the night in Juventus thrashing them here at the cottage and you say Fulham <laughs> and that became a meme on social for every time Fulham did something you know, a bit Fulhamish which yeah. was you oh, know it would be oh you know three players sent off in 45 minutes when we're 10 minutes from a semi-final yeah. uh Fulham. Fulham. And it's honestly, <laughs> it's an absolute joy. And it keeps cropping up that little shot of you going, I love it. Fulham. Oh, no. It's a joy. You know, that was the last game I went with my dad to. I took him to Turin for the Juventus game. Was it? Really? Yeah, and I'll never forget what he said when we scored. He said, that could come in handy, so. <sighs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was at that game as well. Yeah. We got beat 3-1. 3-1, yeah. 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 We were 3-0 down and we scored a kind of... Yeah, we did, didn't we? Consolation. Yeah. I remember yeah. leaving thinking at least we got a goal. And my dad said that could come in handy, so... <gasps> and then the early goal yeah. they got That was here. the best thing that ever happened to us, was that early goal. Yeah. yeah. Because we could do nothing else mm. except go and attack. That's exactly. all we could do. Mm. So, so it was just, yeah. uh, you know... Just, you know, risk or bust. It so your just, dad wasn't at that game? No, no, home no. I can't remember what happened. He was, uh, but he couldn't make it. And I wasn't, I couldn't go to the semi-final. Lily went, but I couldn't go. Yeah. Um, and she might have taken my dad to the semi-final, but it was the last game that I went with him. Is it? Is it true that you could have been a footballer in another life? I was in a very naughty life. boy when I was young. Yeah. Um, I could I could have gone to Southampton. Oh right, yeah. But then the big thing is when I was seventeen, I was offered a trial at Leeds, and then I rather stupidly did a bit of thieving and went to Borstal instead. And do you and do you think that that would have been a a, a career uh, path like a no, genuine no, thing? No, I there? don't think so. No. And, but your dad was also like he was all right. He was a good, yeah, he was a good player. Yeah, right. my dad was good. I wasn't bad to be honest with you. Yeah, but no, I don't think I could have. Uh, I think it was me and Byron Stevenson were offered the trial. He went up there. I think, yeah, he signed. He did sign for Leeds. Wow. Yeah, they played for Wales as well. Right. Tell us um, a little bit, because, again, a bit of a, obviously, a, a, and, and understandably, a massive hero at this club is Mohamed Al-Fayed did so much for us. And you had quite a, a great relationship <laughs> oh with God. him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was, for some reason... Uh, well, I'd made the documentaries. I made a documentary about him first. Pre-Fulham? <clears throat> no. Right. Just... No, it was... But, but I'd have to look at the dates. No, it must have been after. Because right. when when did it... Was it 96 or 7 that he came ni- on board? Yeah, 97, 98, I think, would have been his first yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the impact that he had immediately because me and Spike, bless his heart, he died three weeks ago, huge Fulham fan. Um, so if they're listening, respect and condolences yeah, to his absolutely. family and friends. Um, we used to go down to South London. There was always a pre-season. And I can't, I can't be racking my brain to try and remember who we used to play. 
But anyway, we went to watch, and they were an amateur team, basically. And, uh, you know, the first 11 came out for the first half, and you kind of knew most of them. It was, oh, yeah, Simon Morgan. You know, yeah. Um, not, was, was Rufus Brevet playing? Richard Carpenter. Oh, my God. Might have been in that team. Yeah, I remember. Good Lord. <laughs> Neil Smith, Steve? I no, don't remember him. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. Danny time. Yes, oh, I remember him. Danny Cullen. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. What happened to him? He's a dirty old son, wasn't he? Nutty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember half-time came, and the 11 players came out, and they were a completely different 11. Yeah. And we were like, what? <laughs> who, who are these people? And that was the immediate effect that Alpha had, had on this club. Yeah. There were 22 players, 11 of which we didn't know. Like Space Jam, <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was incredible. Proper footballers as well. And we still only won 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. There's a famous story a few years previous to that where, because um, your name always pops up in Fulham folklore, and one thing I've have a vague memory of is that you were, were you at Carlisle? Away at Carlisle when Rod Macquarie heads it and we get promoted. No, I was at Huddersfield. Right, okay, you were at Huddersfield. When we won two, yeah, was it 2-0? No, I think it was 2-0. No. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was Huddersfield. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was there. I so wasn't you, at Carlisle. So you used to follow, follow Fulham when we were not, bottom division? I didn't have a lot of, you know, not all the time, but right. I definitely went to the Huddersfield game, the 2 right. no which was the coldest football ground I've ever been to mm. in my life. Right. Yeah, I remember that. No, but why would why would I have been at Carlisle? I don't know. Your name always, because I remember growing up and reading the programme, your name would always just be littered in little anecdotes about Fulham it's like all my the career. time. <laughs> it would just be just there. littered all over the place. So I thought I had vague memories of all kinds of trips and, you know what I mean, players talking about you and that kind of thing. Now, I remember we followed the coach down to Bristol City, Right. And it was my birthday and we just followed it in in a stretch, stretch lim limo. Did you? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what, did and then came back and I think we all went to a nightclub afterwards called Peppermint Rhino or Spearmint Rhino. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at him pretending like he doesn't no, know. <laughs> that is classic, classic manga. Oh, what I is that strip club called? Is it Peppermint or Spearmint? I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> much of it. I genuinely can't remember so much of it. But I do remember that appalling moment which is uh, which is recorded for history by sky when we came back from uh, qpr right and uh alfayed through um oh god sarah brooks uh, had asked if we would come and um lead because i i'd made this single called uh we're not real Madrid. Aware of it. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to tell We're not name. real Madrid. We're not Barcelona. We are Fulham FFC Alpha. Alpha Ed, the owner. Owner. <laughs> I always remember his pronunciation of Fulham. <laughs> yes. Fulham. Where did that come from as well? Fulham. <laughs> I think that it, might be me. It's <laughs> <laughs> doing an impression <laughs> that's incredible when was the last time you know what Keith? I'm going to stop you now right yeah, go on, mate. I'm glad you brought it up Keith oh, God. because I bought that very oh, song my God. from the yeah. club shop oh my god how brilliant when it came out I loved it I thought it was a great song but nobody ever sung it on the here it terraces. is on CD well they played it when you put it out they played it in the terraces a lot did they, they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember on the front cover here for people listening there's a picture of a guy who had the Fulham badge that's tattooed right. on his I remember back. he had it tattooed on his pies. And he used to be... He had a, a, didn't he have a drum? He, well, him and a mate, I remember because I was very young, they used to be in the corner of a... That's right, yeah. Stevenage Road end, and yeah. they'd bang a drum, yeah, and then yeah. they'd switch ends for the ends that we were attacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard a story that you were you took Alex James here, were inspired by that drum. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Dum -ba -dum -ba -dum -ba -dum. That was it. That was well. Uh, that was the drum pattern for Vindaloo. So how, do, how does that come about? Sorry, just how does that come about? You, you, you're here with 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 Alex James. Are you are you already planning to write a song at this point, and you're no, trying to think of ideas? Joking. So how does that? Who turns to who and says that's oh, the beat? What that pattern? Yeah, dum ba dum yeah, ba dum. That's yeah. it. But the drum pattern Yeah. That was the drum pattern. Yeah, yeah. So you're watching it about its James? Yeah, no, and what happened was no, we didn't it wasn't the immediate watching him thinking, oh, that'd be great. It happened because I think three lines had been re-released mm -hmm. and we were just so not enamoured by three lines, let's yeah. say. That we were uh <laughs> we were um, 
Yeah, we, we really we were up the West End in Grouches. It sounds horrible, this privileged life, but you know, you could just run up credit till you got paid, so it was easy. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was a struggling actor. Um, yeah, we just thought let's make because nobody had made an unofficial um, World Cup song right. before mm. Vindaloo. You know? Yeah, um, and I had some kind of experience because. You know, I wrote World in Motion in 1990. Of course. So I knew what the FA were about and sure. how they worked, etc. Um, and uh, we thought, yeah, let's let's do a bloody bloody blah. And it was Alex. And I remember the door he was leaning against. It was against the snooker room door. And he went, yeah, do you remember that Fulham drum pattern? And uh, of course, I'm not a drummer. And I went, no, I don't, to be honest. He went, it was this. And as he did it... I went, where on earth are you from? We're from England. Where you from? Do you put the cat? Like, oh, that'll work. And we thought, yeah, great. So we um, came up to a pub called The Star in Portobello Road, got a little bit drunk, and then thought, actually, you know who lives around the corner? Guy Pratt, who's oh, yeah, the bass Pink player Floyd. with uh, Pink Floyd. And he's a, he's a mate, you know. Yeah. So but let's go and wake him up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this is half past ten at night. Yeah, so wake him up. So we went down there, and he was he was awake, thank God. And he said, "Yeah." And he's got a little studio down in the basement in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we went down there, and uh, um, funny enough, it, it's it's it is Guy on bass um, because Alex is a bass player anyway. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, and we sat down there, and we did it, and and he was he was great for the vibe, you know, because if. if Maybe if it hadn't happened, we'd have yeah, woken yeah. up the next morning and forgotten all about it. Right. Um, so we gave him a third of the publishing. This is what the Fulham is it's like. Exactly. That's the Fulham in you. Exactly. Uh, no, we've got to give him a third because it was his vibe and his studio. It's from, you know, bloody yeah. Do you know he's earned more money out of Vindaloo than anything he's ever earned with Pink Floyd? No. He bought a house on it. Are you serious? I'm deadly serious. Yeah. That's incredible. More a, a third of the publishing. He's earned more than he's ever earned out of Pink Floyd. Just makes you think, that's one song. Yeah. Can you imagine if, you know, you'd written uh, that Slade Noddy Holder song? Sure. Oh, like Christmas. Song. Every year, yeah. Can you imagine how much money he's yeah. making? Yeah. Christmas or birthdays, oh put that God. in a title. Well, we, I get it. Double bubble, as they say, because there's World in Motion and Vindaloo, and it's every two years. Yeah. World Cup. Well, and they're talking about possibly doing it every three years, aren't they? A kind of World Cup-style competition. Oh you God. think of that, mate. Oh, man, the dough. I just, just think of I... how many trips to the Groucho that is. <laughs> no, 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 I've given all that up. Oh, have you? Okay. I want to follow the thread of the creative instincts on, on uh, Vindaloo, because it's apparent to me, but this is how actually great songwriting gets done. Because... Well, I'll tell you what happened was we were down there in the basement, a few drinks, and... Uh, what was it? Um, me and me. Yeah, yes, that's right. We're doing that. And, and I'd already had the Where on Earth Are You From? We're from England, blah, 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 Yeah. So you got that flow. And I remembered Alfie. I was driving Alfie and Lily um, somewhere. I can't remember. And Alfie said, uh, me and mum and dad and gran. And I remember at the time he'd said it. This is about two or three years earlier. Yeah. I remember at the time he said it thinking, me and mum and dad and gran. That's a weird little kind of phonetic oh, skip there. You know what I mean? And yeah. I've never thought about it um, since. But I was down in the basement and then it just came like, me and me mum and me dad. God yeah, almighty, it really fits that. And then it, we're off to Waterloo because the World Cup was in France. So that made sense. We're oh, off to Waterloo. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also the Battle of Waterloo, bloody blah. But what rhymes with Waterloo? You know, what? So I'm sat there like this. A few more beers Oh, I know. Here, quick, record this. <laughs> me and me mum and me dad and me grand, we're off to Waterloo. Me and me mum and me dad and grand, a bucket of Vindaloo. Stop. What? A bucket of Vindaloo. Don't be so stupid. I'm telling you, a bucket of Vindaloo. It will work. No, it won't. It will work. It's so idiotic and so English. English, exactly. It will work. Yeah. And of course, it's what everyone remembers. You know, it's insane. Yeah. It wasn't planned or anything like that. It was literally. It's so interesting hearing that, that because when you hear, if you you know, you can dissect it and go, well, that's a reference to no, no, um, of course. multicultural of course. England and all that. No, kind it, of it kind of shaded is. You know what I mean? It yeah. always, I've always said in interviews, it makes me laugh when you see lots of ostensibly, you know, 
right wing goons singing it. <laughs> they're singing about a, a curry dish, not knowing what they're singing exactly. about necessarily. It, it's it's just very funny. When it first came out, um, I was I, I managed to get Noel Gallagher into. Uh, it was it was a series called something something rock star had to be a rock star anyway but i knew noel and i'd asked him if he'd make a guest appearance in it blah, blah, blah. and he did and he came up to scotland we were up in scotland it was after 98 and there were scottish fans singing Brew. <laughs> yeah so it, it it's it's pretty well known around the world you know yeah. lots of foreign fans actually know about this idiotic song and it started in a steenage road stand. well there you go isn't that amazing? Mm. It is amazing. And what's interesting, you know what's really interesting about it? Is it's not sung on the terraces. Yeah. It's only sung in social environments. It's either sung in pubs. Interesting. Or out on the streets. Yeah. Because I remember in 98, I mean, Jimmy Greaves, bless his soul, he wrote in the sun, the reason they're writing in Marseille is because of Vindaloo. <laughs> he meant it, you know. Yeah. And in fact, I was in Marseille. I was at that, I think it was the Morocco game, I think. Right. Where we... I think we won one nil or drew one all. I can't remember. And I was actually in Marseille, and I would remember at about midnight being helped onto a table <laughs> by three gendarmes, okay, to conduct two hundred and fifty England fans in Vindaloo with the French police going, "Way!" Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Seriously. So yeah. there's a union. In yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it, it's it's astonishing. Think about it. This is the power of the song. Um. When the Lionesses won the Euros, cut to, you know, all the celebration, cut to the coach going back to the hotel. What are they singing? Yeah. Singing Vindaloo. Vindaloo. The whole coach is singing Vindaloo. That week on EastEnders, when they got to the final, what were they singing in the cafe? Yeah. Vindaloo. Not three lions. Quite right. Quite right. It's amazing because you just catch that sort of creative impulse. If you just catch it sometimes, it's something It's all there in the back. You just don't go hunting it. It will come out. Exactly. But also talking of something else that came out, that's famously one of the great football songs. World in Motion, you mentioned earlier, is most people say is the greatest sports song or football song ever written. Just for people listening, how did that, because I don't actually know how that came about. This is a family show. I couldn't tell. You. We, we didn't. We didn't actually know you were involved in that song. When we found out, yeah, we were in a meeting order, going through some stuff, and and we were like, "Straight, no, it's New Order." And it was like, "No, no." I wrote New Order's only number one. Look at that. Well, I mean, that's one hell of a brag, music, isn't obviously. it? Obviously. Oh, that's incredible. So yeah, how, how, what's what's the family version of that? Is there a family version of that? No, I tell you how the the, the genesis of it was was again me and Gary Beadle were up in Manchester. Um, doing this series. And, uh, of course, Hacienda was full on then, and we spent a lot of time in the Hacienda. And I knew Tony Wilson very well. And uh, Tony um, had been approached by actually Jimmy Armfield's nephew. Uh, I think Jimmy Armfield used to play for Leicester, I think. Can't remember. Anyway, his nephew was a football fan um, and uh, a New Order fan, and he he was in charge of marketing at the FA. And it was his idea to ask New Order to do uh, you know a football song. I mean, unheard of. It was so out of left field. Yeah. It was just because before that you'd had you know here we go win the cup or whatever. Sure, it the was. teams used to do. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. Whatever. Um, and uh, he approached Tony, and Tony approached the band. And they said, well, you know, we don't, we, we don't know anything about football, basically. Um, and he said, yeah, but I know who does. And, uh, and uh, you know, I knew the band anyway. And they went, all right, well, give it a go. So I kind of forgot about it. I didn't think it was serious. And then they were down at, um, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Sledgehammer. Peter, Peter Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah, Peter Gabriel's studio down in Box. And they were going to record it with a German producer. And uh, I was I was up in London and they went, oh, you've got to come down, you know, with the lyrics. I go, what? So I thought, I will get the train. I'll get the train down on the Sunday. And I wrote the lyrics, the original lyrics uh, on the train, which were, uh, E is for England. <laughs> England starts with E. We'll all be smiling when we're in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> And you can kind of get the gist of it. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> which was immediately thrown in the bin by Tony Wilson. No, you can't have that, bloody bloody So I spent the day down there <clears throat> and, you know, came up with, uh, um, yeah, the, the, the stru- not the structure of the verses, but the verses. Yeah. Because uh, um, Love's Got the World in Motion, that was already... Barney's lyric because right. there was there was an established tune song, which yeah. was called Love's Got the World in Motion and um, very cleverly they combined anyway we were listening to that and I wrote a few bits and bobs and then the, the German producer couldn't hack it and then they went for the final um, recording of it with six of the England team at uh, Led Zeppelin studio in um, um, Henley right and uh, Stephen Haig was producing, a brilliant, brilliant producer. And the rap didn't exist. On that day of recording, there was no rap. Mm. And I think it was Craig Johnston, who, funnily enough, was just hanging about. Um, he's, he said, this is, you know, we should have a rap here. And it was like Stephen Haig went, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's get a rap in here. And they said, we want a rap in this bit here. So I said, oh, God, all right, let me think about it. And Tony said, listen, we've got to go to the hotel and pick up Bernard. Um you know, to, to get him to come back and do the final record. Blah, blah, blah. And this is about lunchtime. So I left with Tony Wilson in his Jag, bless him, to go and pick up Bernard. And uh, I'd left Chrissy Waddle. Oh, Viv. Viv Anderson. Viv Anderson. Yes, it was Viv Anderson. Yeah. So there's uh, Chrissy Waddle, Viv Anderson, Steve McMahon, um, Peter Beardsley, and I can't remember who the other one was. There was one missing, right, and it was Gaza. So I went to get up to get Bernard, and I'd been thinking about this song. But we picked up Bernard, and he was he was ill, and he was in the back of the Jag on the way back to the studio, puking into a boots bag. Oh. I remember it clearly; it was horrible. And I remember saying to Tony, "What's an Italian word? Be <laughs> an Italian word." And he went, uh, "Arriva Deci." Oh, yes, Arriva Dirty. Well, that's being sick. Idea. Well, he was in the back being sick. But yeah. I was going, yes, Arriva Dirty. That's a good one. Because Stephen Hager had given me the dee dee dun do dun dun No. So I had the tune in there and I needed this one word with the, you know, literally just phonetics. It was about how many vowels there were. Arriva Dirty. That fits. Anyway, get back to the studio. Gaza arrives in a Merc. They all had Mercs. They'd come from the England training ground. He drank three bottles of champagne. This is true. I mean, this is awful. On his own as the afternoon progressed. He drank three bottles. I watched him. Yeah. Um, Stephen Haig gave me the uh, the bloody... But anyway, I, I wrote the, the rap while all this was going on, right? And I got the rap in the end. And I said, right, here's the rap, guys. Handed it out. It was brilliant. I've got the DAT tapes and somebody else has got them. Oh, Peter Hook. He's got, he's got a copy of them. Peter Hook. Um, Steve McMahon, first up. I mean, just... Wrapped it. Can you imagine Steve McMahon? <laughs> trying to. Steve McMahon rapping. It was just... It was idiotic. <laughs> and then, slightly worse, was Peter Beardsley. Peter Beardsley. Yeah. I've heard about Peter Beardsley attempt oh at the rap. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was awful. Viv Anderson, no rhythm whatsoever. Right. Absolutely a rhythm-free area, right? The best one, right, was Gaza but you couldn't understand one word that he was saying. He's got okay, guys, you got the head of, go on, man, let's do it now, lad. you got, you got a whole round game with a red team. We saw about getting in the lane. It's like, what is he on about? <laughs> what is he on about? So in the end, it was Barnsley you had to do, because you could actually understand what he was saying. And Barnsley is not a rapper. No. You know no. what I mean? I mean, the, the phrasing is just so silly, which yeah. makes it so iconic. So you'd written, really you must done. be slower fast, but you must get to Oh, God, yeah. I mean, all that is, the double entendres in there are phenomenal if you analyse. Them. Amazing. Um, they really are. <laughs> and does it exist? Does the Steve McMahon rap exist somewhere? Oh yeah, Peter somewhere, Hook's yeah. Peter Hook's got it. Basement. Yeah. We need mm. to, you need to get this out, mate, somewhere. You need to you need to release this. <laughs> Doesn't it needs to be an alternate version of all the different raps? Oh Incredible. Seriously. Yeah. Do you I ever th- think about writing another f- no. song? Are you, are you done with football songs now? You can't you're not gonna top that. Is there not another one in you? Oh, you so three no, I often get asked to write one for Wales, you know. Right. Because yeah. I am Welsh. Um, but no, you can't top World Emotion and Vindaloo. It's just a uh, downhill or in, Come on, we're yeah, not Real Madrid. 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 Madrid.
I wrote uh, on me head, not off me head, for uh, Mike Bassett, football manager. Oh, oh there okay. you go. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'll tell you a story about that. We went down there and we shot it live on the day. And Lily, it was the first thing she'd ever done. Um, As in recorded? Yeah. First thing she ever did. Right. Was uh, on me head, not off me head. She did the guide vocal for it. She'd never been in a studio. (laughs) And uh, we got there and they were going to mix it on the day live with the cast who were playing the England team. And I played myself. Excuse me. Um... Yeah, and it was kind of shot like well, like a documentary. It was like a documentary. And we got in there, and I think it was Atomic Kitten, and they couldn't pitch. They couldn't pitch the notes. They couldn't sing it. Yeah. Oh, really? Not a yeah. huge surprise to me. But <laughs> a lot of that is Lily's vocal on it, and they don't is it even really. Know that. And that's yeah. her first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they auto tuned really? Atomic Kitten to Lily's voice. Wow! Wow! Yeah, isn't that amazing? Oh my god! Do you know what? I genuinely could sit here and listen all day. I could too, but I wanted before we un- before uh, Michael, you disappear. Yeah, I yeah. want to squeeze out of Keith um, a Fulham all time eleven if yeah. you fancy doing it. Okay, I would say Van der Sar. Yeah, goal strong. What are we playing four four two. See, I think we should now play three at the back. Come on. At then. this point of the season. But I wouldn't I'm not gonna do it now. We'll I go could... four, four, two. I would have Paul Parker. Oh no, Georgie Cohen at right back. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Fair play. Sorry. No, no, no. Left back. Did did Les Strong play left back? Oh what that's a that's a question I'm not sure. I yes, think he did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Great player, yeah, guys. Yeah. I'll go for Les at left back. I mean, we're not famous for our left back. For our left back, no. Rufus Brevet and Paul Konchesky. Ah, and, and Bocanegra. Um, oh, Bocanegra. 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 He was a, a really. One. He was a good player, man. Yeah. Am I He's about to player. embarrass myself? Wasn't Cess a left back? Oh, why Cess? We're doing yeah. that. I suppose he went. Yes, he was. Ah, so was uh, Rosenia, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 I think yeah. he might have been. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm being. I think Les Strong's a nice one. No, right? I think Les. I'll go for Les. Yeah. All right. Centre halves. <laughs> I was nearly said Bobby Moore, but he was a bit past it by then. Um, Chris Coleman. Yes. Nice. And Smalling. Oh, nice shout! Yeah. I've not thought about Smalling in a long time. Yeah, yeah. That is a good well, shout. I was reading about him uh, this morning at Roma. They've just renewed his contract. Have and they? He's doing good, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's apparently he's one of the best fullbacks in the Italian league. Oh, I'd forgotten minute. he was still playing. So did That's I. Incredible. So did I. The myth was, and I've missed out Captain Morgan. Yes, I, I mean, learned. if you, if it was my my yeah, favourite so. players, then it, Captain Morgan right, would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, I don't really know Chris Smalling, but yeah, I mean, are we going for a team that might win something? Yeah, come here, on. Or? Just go with your instincts. Well, if you look at the middle of the park, you've got people like Lee Clark, yeah, you know John Collins, yeah, Dem Bailey's mean, a famous. Oh, come on, Papa Diop, Papa yeah. Diop, Malbranc, Legwinski. I mean, come on, these are Danny Murphy, Danny Murphy. I mean, look at it. And then you've got um, Sean Davis, yeah. Um, uh, who's the American lad? Clint Dempsey, yeah, Clint Dempsey. Who, I mean, who are you picking? Who, who, which two in the middle? Oh God, it's a tough one. We've had some fantastic. See, you've got to look at. Am I including this team now? You can yeah. do. I'd go for Polina. To I be agree. With you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great shout. Yeah. I'd have Polina. What about Johnny Haynes? <laughs> yeah, I think you should pick Johnny Haynes. Um, you've got Ivan Haynes and Polina in the middle of the centre midfield. <laughs> it's not mad? bad, is it? Because <laughs> we have that. Yes. Yeah, go on, Haynes and Polina. Oh, yes. And then I would put Lee Clark in there and John Collins. Sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think I would. So we've got, and we'll qu- just work it out between them. Who's the two forwards? Well, this might come as a shock, but my favourite Fulham footballer of all time, Brian McBride. <sighs> it's you know what you you're, 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 you're the second person who's put them in I in their. I love uh, that bloke. I love watching him. They're all time. His demeanour. He was just a lovely fella, but the commitment every game was just. Fantastic! Yeah, I, yeah. I just love watching him, and I, you know, I love Jeff Horsfield lumbering <laughs> yeah. about. It was wonderful. We, um, Sahar, you've got up there. Sahar, I think. Oh God, you know, I missed out in the middle of the park. Boamorte. Oh, let's mm. yeah. So no, I can't. I can't who, who are you switching out though? <laughs> no, 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 I can't. Oh, I've got to go with. You want Lee that Clark is a very cultured okay. midfield. It is. Look. 
Haynes, Polina, Clark, Collins. That's not bad, is it? It's good. It's not bad. So who's up? I think it's so good that you can afford to have Mickey Conroy up top as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah, Conroy and Jeff Horsfield up front. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, or McBride. No, I'd have to. I would have to go for McBride. And I tell you what, I will go with. See, Mitrovic and McBride, McBride are very similar, but the great thing about Mitrovic is he can go deep. Yeah. yeah. And he's, a, you know, yeah. what he does deep is very important. But then Sahar could drop off, you know. <sighs> now I'll go with Mitrovic. Yes. There we go. Who's managing him? Me. Who would manage them? Uh, Do you know who I'd have managing them? And I spoke to him about this. I went to a party up in Newcastle for Viz magazine, and he was there. Malcolm McDonald. Oh, Malcolm McDonald's team that he put together was absolutely brilliant. Were they? Oh, they were brilliant. There we go. I I mean, I think that's the perfect way to wrap this up. Go on, read it. So, for benefit tape, Keith Allen's eleven. Van der Sar in goal. George Cohen right back. Left back, Les Strong. Two centre-backs, Chris Coleman and Chris Smalling. Come on. The four in midfield are Johnny Haynes, <laughs> Jao Polinia, Lee Clark and John Collins. Oh, come yes. on. <laughs> up top, legendary up two centre-forwards, Brian McBride and Mitrovic. Yeah. It's going to be managed by Malcolm McDonald. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Keith Allen, this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Allen there. One of the great Fulham fans ever, I think. Yeah, really was. Some type of club. Now, did I tell you that at uh, Picnic in the Pitch, which they did at the end of the season, which is this lovely thing the club does where they invite the fans along, they can sit on and have a little literal picnic on the pitch. Is that why it's called Picnic in the Pitch? He's bloody got it. He's bloody got it. Um, And uh, whilst I was there, the, the guy came up to me who was the drummer at Fulham. And he said he had seen the, the, the clips when no we launched way. the Fulham fix. Mark? I think he might have been I Mark. Remember him yeah, being yeah. Mark. Yeah, I think so. And he just said, yeah, that's me. I'm the drummer. And he said, I'm slightly annoyed that I should have got some money for Vindaloo. Yeah, because he, he's the, he's, he's wrote for Rhythm. Yeah, exactly. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm, he is also the guy that wrote the Tom Kearney song of You to Me Are Everything. The oh, really? song that I can sing. Tom Kearney, he yeah. wrote that as well, apparently. Quite a writer in his own Yeah, right. so I said to him, I would give him a shout out. It's just by chance that enough time has passed that I've totally forgotten your name, mate. I think he was called... but I We'll go with Mark. And if it's not Mark, please message in um, using the hashtag, hashtag I'm not Mark. And then with your actual name, that would be really good. But it was really exciting. I was, I was buzzed like when he came up and I was like, no oh, yeah, way, brilliant. You. I was like, yeah, you apparently have basically paid for a number of houses for famous people with that drumbeat. Yeah, well, yeah, he's made the fatal error there as all songwriters of re- revealing his source, Keith Allen. Mm. So normally you would still not mention it. Yeah, no, uh, hashtag Fulham Pets, keep them coming in. Uh, we've had lots and lots, but I'm just going to end this episode because it's been quite a long episode. I'm just going to end with a great one that oh. I thought I had to give a little shout out. And I've even got a little photo as well uh, sent to me on Twitter. Drum roll, please, uh, Mark. It's their dog... Joey Paulina, and he's uh, they've even wrapped him up in the Pizza Hut yep. top. I wonder if, if you can see that. Yeah, not, it clashes. Not right, is it? Yeah. yeah. Paulina wouldn't have even been born at that Lovely. point. But yeah, there we go. There's Joey Paulina. Um, so there we go. Do keep your uh, Fulham Pets coming in using the hashtag Fulham Pets. No more Steed sightings, um, but beyond that. And we also, honestly, I'm genuinely interested in that. If you've been a Fulham fan for a while, what is your direction of travel across the cottage? Yeah. When have you spent moments in Riverside and why is that correlated to that moment in your life, etc.? I love it. Come there we go. Fulham. Is there a hashtag for that? Just tweet Don't. us. We'll work out that out next week. Okay, sweet. <laughs> sweet. <laughs>